1: Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and today we're going to talk about courage, adventure, and going all in. Our guest is Rob Commodari from Baltimore, Maryland. He is a small business owner, author of the very successful book, Better Than You Think. He's a speaker, philanthropist, husband, father, friend, and someone who goes all in on everything he does. Rob is a big thinker. He never ceases to amaze me with his pursuits. And this podcast is about the voice inside that calls us to adventure. So we're going to start today with Rob telling us about an adventure that many people wonder about, but only a few actually take. And if you have courage, love, adventure, and want to go all in, But you're short on time. This is exactly what you need because this adventure only takes a few minutes. (laughs) That's right, because we're going to talk with Rob about jumping out of an airplane or skydiving, as we call it. Rob's going to share everything that happens before, during and after, inside and out. So if you've ever considered skydiving, you are definitely going to want to hear from Rob. We're also going to take some time to talk with Rob about his book. And his incredible recent philanthropy experience. Rob, my very good friend, welcome to the campfire. (laughs)
0: Scott, thank you so much for that introduction. And uh, I'm just honored to be here and excited to help you out here and do this thing because you got an awesome, awesome podcast here. So thank you for having me.
1: I love it. And you too, I should have included in the intro. You also are an amazing podcaster and somebody that I look up to. Uh, The Chiseled podcast is fantastic and everybody needs to listen to that as well. Um, it's, 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 It's great. So can you just give us just a quick overview of who Rob Commodari is?
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm one of seven kids. Grew up in the inner city of Baltimore. We grew up in a 745 square foot house. So I started working at age 11, paid my way through Catholic high school and college, and started. I've been I've been hustling ever since I was 11. So now I have a family. My me, and my wife. I have three children: 37, 22, and 20. Uh, my son just graduated from college as a meteorologist. And we're just, I have a small business, as you said. So we have a a real estate business that I've been doing this for about, I mean, it'll be 21 years next month.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much we can cover, Rob. You have such an incredible story, and I think your book better than you think, which we'll get into a little bit at the end. It's it does a magical job of of telling your life story and the lessons that you've learned. So people want to learn more about you. You definitely got to get the book and and read it. You'll you'll learn so much from Rob, and and you'll be glad you read it. But today we're going to talk about your experience skydiving, man, jumping out of an airplane. Like, I, let I just want to go right to it. Like. What in the world inspires somebody to go jump out of an airplane?
0: <laughs> so, well, I'd always thought about doing it, but jumping out of a plane, I mean, just think logically, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to no step no in the face, from whether it's 10,000, 11,000, 15,000 feet, whatever it is, it just doesn't make sense. However, we all have our fears, and sometimes we have to do things to drive through those fears and overcome those fears. And I had always it was was always in the back of my mind. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing it. And then it it was it was Christmas season one year. And my niece and nephew had come over the house and she talked about just jumping out of a plane. And I'm like, I've always wanted to do that. And I looked at my son and I said, if I'm jumping, you want to go with me? And he goes, let's do it, Dad. And it was like right then and there. okay, we're going now. Obviously, I said yes in the moment. But then all of a sudden, those doubts and those fears start to come in. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but they they will trickle in. But it was in that moment that we made the decision to do
1: it. Yeah. So, all right. I just heard a bunch. I just need a circle on these because a few things. Like, first of all, you talked about fear. Mm -hmm. Then you said, this is something I've always wanted to do. And then you brought your son into it. Like Then it was like, well, if my son will do it with me, then we're definitely doing this. And so like, there's some motivation right in there. But like you said you always wanted to do it. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, it's just it, you, for those who understand profiling what now we we have these profiles that we use in our in our real estate business and you know what yeah. I'm talking about it's called the heritage yeah. profile and my top one is pioneer and I, i'm coming to understand that more and more and it's like you want to do things that others haven't done you want to be like the first to have done this or or go out on like tr- a blaze your own trail from time to time now thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have jumped out of planes but for me and my inner group you know i don't know anybody that's done it so I'm like, let's go. Let's just go do it. And and although it's fearful, I just the imagination of the exhilaration of staring death in the face, looking down ten thousand feet or eleven thousand feet, whatever it was, and then doing it, just doing it. And it, it was just, it was like use that as your push to get over fear. So if you have a lot of insecurities or fears in your life, and you jump out of a plane at eleven thousand feet, okay. If I you know, if I could jump out of a plane, what other fears can I overcome? Right.
1: A a lot of it is about overcoming fear. Like, was this like, I mean, we can talk about it, right? We can talk about like fears and overcoming fears, but I'm just curious, like, you know, when you made the decision, like, is this a conscious thing? Is it like, you know, I want to overcome fear or is that sort of just like an internal motivation?
0: The decision to do it was not as conscious about the fear as after you made the decision. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Rob, you're gonna have these doubts. You're gonna have these struggles until up until that point but use that. What can I use this experience for? I'm going to use this experience to help me in a deeper level overcome fear.
1: Yeah. So you make the decision and then you start kind of ruminating on the decision and thinking about the overcoming of the fear.
0: Yes. The chatter, the chatter starts in the
1: brain. (laughs) The chatter starts. Yes. So, I mean, look, I, you know, I was talking with my wife this morning. I mean, you know, the term death defying came to me, like (laughs) jumping out of an airplane is a death defying act, you know, and obviously like it's one of biggest people's biggest fears. Um, by the way, the other one is public speaking, which you also have tackled, um, (laughs) masterfully. So that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, let's talk about death defying, like facing death. I mean, Rob, like, are you afraid of death?
0: Great question. I, I'm I'm not afraid. I am not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of how I'm going to die. <laughs> right? So there's two different things here. Because I think I mean, I, I know you, I think you feel this way, too. I believe in, in an eternal life. I do believe in that. And so we're just living this this physical experience right now. And I want to do anything and everything I can while I'm here in this physical presence on Earth. And you know, it is it what some people say? It's just stupid to jump out of a plane? Yeah, it could be. But when the, the really cool thing is, like I said, yes, I had my doubts. We get to the place. We're getting the plane. And, and, and the whole time I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And then, then you get into the plane and you know you're like 15 minutes in climb time before it's go time. <laughs> Right, yeah. and like you're you're jumping, you can say no all the way up until you're ready to jump, but they, they will keep your money if they if you're up in the air. Sure. But it, in my mind, it's like no, and every now and then that that little insecurity starts to creep in, and you're like no, no, don't go there, don't go there, and and then you're you're like okay, two minute warning, all right, two minutes, and I'm doing something that a lot of people haven't done, and it's just this, it's a really. It's a cool feeling. It is because, again, the fear will creep in. But when you, when you know, man, in, in 15 minutes, I'm going to be on the ground having experienced this amazing thing.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you just said so much. And and one thing I think that's interesting is like the fear of losing the money that you spent versus <laughs> yeah. like the fear right. of jumping out of the the airplane and defying death. Like which one's greater? Yeah, that's, that's motivation enough to keep going, right? Well, I spent all this money to be here. I got to do this. Uh, I love that. That's hysterical. So, Rob, all right. Do you remember like the moment when you said yes? Like when the moment when you basically like said, I'm doing this. Yes, let's do it. And you committed.
0: Yeah, that was the, the night that my niece and nephew came over and I said, we're doing it. And and then it was about, I'm going to say two, three days later, I called the place up And then that's the moment when you're like Mm -hmm. committed because you spent the money, you put the deposit down Yep. and that I do remember that. And then it's like almost you hit that button and you're like, Oh crap, I'm really doing this, but it became real.
1: Yeah, it does. It, I mean, when you make a reservation, it's like any adventure, like we've talked about this. I mean, you know, when you make that whole hotel reservation or the flight reservation, or you book the skydiving excursion, like that's when it becomes real. So like, okay. So then, um, and one, one other thing is that when you brought your son into this, I just have to comment. Cause like on the fear thing, like to me, when you bring your son into this, like that's a whole nother level. Like it's not, now it's not just you jumping out of the airplane. It's you and your son.
0: Well, the fear there is like, I told my wife we were doing it and I know she really didn't want either, either one of us to <laughs> yeah. do it. And I'm like, okay, if, if we both die, that's really bad. If one yeah. of us dies, it's bad. But if both of us die, you know, because you have to, Scott, you have to sign a waiver. And and you have to, they, it's this paragraph, you have to read it and you have to rewrite it and sign it. So you're right. I understand I could die.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. when you write that, it's like, holy cow.
1: They made and you write it out like that. You have to
0: write it out on the disclosure or the addendum, whatever. And I'm like... Cause I just signed it. And the, the lady goes, you got to rewrite that. And it's gotta it.
1: be surreal. Like writing those words on a piece of paper and signing it, that's gotta feel surreal. And, and Scott, it goes back to when we,
0: they talk about writing goals. When you write the goal, there's that, I guess that subconscious link in your mind, you see it and it becomes real. Well, then when you write down that I could die, it becomes real. Yeah. That's, <laughs> there's gravity to that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Scott, I don't know if you had another question, follow up that, but the, the when you're, and if I'm jumping a gun, forgive no, me. No, you're good. So like you're going up and you're going up and I'm like, okay, this is going to be so cool that I'm doing this with my son. And it's, 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 it's go time. And then they open up the door and when they open up the door and, and you're, cause you're a tandem jump. So I got somebody I'm strapped to somebody, but I'm the one that's facing out first. Mm-hmm. And you got to take one leg out and a second leg out of stoop. And you're almost like leaning over and you're looking down. And there's a moment. It was on the way up, but there's a moment when you're like you have to totally surrender when you're doing a, t- a tandem jump. It's like it's out of your control. It's totally, totally out of your control. So if there's an example of surrender, it's there because God, if you don't want the shoot to open, that's your call. If you want something to happen here, that's your call. If you want me to have the most exhilarating experience of my life, that's your call. And you let go and you
1: just jump. It's amazing. All right, you got to walk us through sort of the feelings of like falling out. I mean, do you fall out? Do you jump out? Like, talk to us about that. You 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 kind of did the build up to the go time, but now it's go time. Like,
0: yeah. So look, yeah. So you take one foot out on the step, the second you lean over, and then the guy goes, "Let's go!" And he kind of pushes you over, and you and you roll, you roll, <laughs> and and like you look at you look up, and there's the plane. You're upside down, and you're looking at the plane, and and I, and I have a great picture of that because he's taking it, you know. Like, a gazillion pictures while we we're going. And it was one of my favorite pictures. And you go and then and you, right away, you got to like, like make yourself in the form of a banana for yep. whatever reason. And, um, and you just me, I just start yelling, yelling as loud as you can yell. And it's just this exhilarating for for like 30 seconds, I guess it was. I mean you're free falling in your face and your skin are going bur, 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 right and yeah. it's flapping and you're just yelling and it's you know Woo, you know as high as you can yell and then Scott the, the I mean it's real noisy because it's going and then the shoot opens right Boom. and if I can say this you get a wedgie <laughs> <laughs> and then Scott it's quiet it's just quiet and then all of a sudden you're going from this crazy noise to peace. Wow. And th- now you're in a state of awe, where like, cause I don't know how far you fall before the shoot opens, but I know I just remember opening my, you know, just looking at open my eyes and looking down and going, Holy crap, how quiet and how peaceful is this? Yeah. And then you just, you just going down for the next, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes. And you take it all in, you just take it all in. And you're like, wow. You're like you, they talk about from a 10,000 foot view. And I'm like, from a spiritual sense, I'm like, you know, yeah, God's looking down on us. You know, I get to look down on others right now. I get to look down on this this beautiful place called Earth from yeah. 10,000 feet. Yeah. And it's just really, really cool. And then and then you get a little apprehensive because most a lot of people, when people who get hurt usually get hurt on the landing. And you can either come in on your butt or, you, you know, you come in with your feet. You got your feet pointed up and you got to make sure you, you land right. You don't come in hard, but you just got to be a little careful or cognizant of it. So you, you come in and uh and then when you land, you're like, oh my God, I just did that. Oh my God.
1: So you jump out of the plane, you got the the whistling, the the loud noises. Like, talk to me about fear. So that's like a, what 30, 60 seconds that you're free falling?
0: 30, about 30 seconds.
1: Okay. Are you feel like, you know, I think a lot of things, a lot of it with fear is like, there's a buildup, there's an anticipation. It's the fear is a lot of it's the thinking and like, but now you're actually in it. You've jumped out of the plane and you got this 30 to 60 seconds. Like, do you remember that time? And were you feeling fear in that 30 to 60 seconds?
0: No, no fear at all at that point. Cause I had already let go, I had already surrendered. And I'm like, again, you're just so enamored. And it's like, I'm yelling and screaming and just like yeah. in such a, such a state of uh exhilaration wasn't even thinking about that
1: so i just think it's so interesting because the fear was in the anticipation the fear was not in the doing like correct right so you so you're you're worried and you're worried and you're worried and then once you're actually like free falling like at the worst possible moment you're like free falling right yeah you're just enjoying like it's you said exhilarating and there's not any fear in that moment no like that's that's intense. And I also wanted to ask you, because I've jumped off like some high cliffs before, and I know that feeling like when you jump off a high cliff or you feel like your stomach goes up into your throat. When you were free falling, did you experience that? Or was it more just like, because I think I've heard people say it feels like you're floating.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't get nauseated while I was falling. And you do when the shoot up, it's just definitely a floating feeling. But when I landed, I was a little nauseated. I do remember that because there was a couple of times you made these hard turns. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but no, uh, no nausea or anything like that while we're while we're falling down.
1: All right. So the 32nd, the free fall ends, the, the shoot pops. And then all of a sudden you go from this loud, like noisy falling to like you said, just like almost instantaneous, like peace and awe. Yes. It was amazing. So, I mean, did you feel like when the shoot opened, was there like a sense of relief?
0: Yes. Yes, there was. <laughs> Absolutely. Because like you said, you're not thinking about it while right. you're shooting and high on the way down. And then the shoot opens, you're like, okay, we're going to be safe. Yeah, <laughs> That that thought did cross my mind.
1: Yeah. And so then the piece comes in, like at that point, like even though you're still what, I mean, thousands of feet in the air, right? Like you, 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 you kind of feel like, okay, I'm, I'm through the worst of it. The shoot's open, like.
0: Right, that's that's it really, because again, after that shoot open, I feel like okay, now it's just floating to the ground and and landing
1: okay, and we're done. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you got to take it all in. You you have to take it all in
1: yeah so you you specifically said the word awe so we before we touch down on the ground i want to go to awe because awe is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast and um i like to to read the oxford languages definition of it which is a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder mm-hmm. and you yeah. use the word so i just want to tap into that definition like does that resonate with you
0: yes and, I, and- to, towards the back end of that definition, wonder, wonder. And, and I sit there in my life. I try to be in awe as much as I can of everything, of, of creation, of everything I see, of, of whether it's a little chipmunk eating a nut or whether it's the stars in the sky, you see the Milky Way, whether it's jumping out of a plane and you're looking down at this great, this is this place, Earth and the experiences we have. I, I just I want to see all in everything.
1: Yeah. That's so I love that. And, and one year. Yeah. I mean, and for me, what I really love, like, I mean, I think all of that ties. So it's so the, the both end of it. Cause it's this respect. It's this like deep respect. The wonder is sort of this curiosity. There's like a peace in wonder, right? There's just like this, just appreciation and gratitude and wonder, but then you mix in the fear as well, because there is that, like that knowing that, you know, my gosh, I'm, still thousands of feet up and like you know i'm human and i'm experiencing these feelings and it's like the peace and the fear together creates that respect and that's what that's just what i love about the word off yeah and you just said something scott that it made me think
0: of like you said the fear piece so like in, in biblically speaking you'll see a lot of times in the bible or scripture they'll say hey a god fearing man mm-hmm. that does not mean like being afraid of god it's a god respecting man that's yeah. what it means yeah. and i don't know if people know that or not yeah so, it said, so you talk about it, respect and wonder. So I love
1: that. Yeah, me too. All right. So so back on the ground now, you just kind of turned around and looked up. Oh, by the way, um, who went first? You or your son?
0: I went first. So this, what was really emotional is you land and you look back, you look up, and here comes, you, you, like my like he had no, his shoot hadn't opened up yet. And then you look up and it's like, and then boom, his shoot, shoot opens up and you're like okay he's gonna be safe and then he lands and then we just we just walked up to each other and scott not saying a word we just gave each other like the biggest hug <laughs> and it was emotional it was emotional i like you know dude we just did it you know but we didn't say we didn't say anything till we got in the car and then like we did it we did it and i'm like what do you think and he goes dad i'm speechless so it was an amazing feeling to, because I did it this year, this past year, I did it again with my daughter, because you had to be eighteen to do it. And uh, so, when you, to me, it's just powerful to be able to experience an overcoming fear act with your mm-hmm. kid. That's
1: powerful. And then again, I, I intentionally wanted to go first because I wanted to experience seeing my kid coming down and landing. All right, talk about that a little bit, because so you you said that you went back, so now you've done it twice. Did you because you wanted your daughter to have that experience with you as well? Yes. So you said experiencing fear, like with your kid, there's something like about that. So what what is it about? Talk about that.
0: Why? Well, so I remember we were speechless for a while and we sat in the car and we're driving back to the condo because we were on vacation. And I, and I said, Rob, what's what's the takeaway you get from that? And he goes, Dad, I'm kind of speechless. And I, and I said, Robbie, I said, the one thing I think about is when we come up against fear in our lives, whether it's fear of a decision to do this, to do that, or whatever it is, what I'm always going to do, and I like you to encourage you to do is think back about jumping out of a plane and facing death from 11,000 feet. If you can do that, you can overcome any fear. So that's what that was. That was what was in it for me, for me and to share with him and her.
1: Man, I'm just going to tell you, like jumping out of airplane is not something that's on my radar, It really never has been like to me. It's just like, like, why would I defy death? But sitting here, having this conversation with you. I'm feeling the call.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, look. Let's let's speak to you. I mean, you've you've you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. What a, a couple uh, back in February it was. Yeah, I mean, you were up. What was it? 12, Nineteen thousand feet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're you're defying death there in some respect too, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I was thinking like when you talked about hitting the ground. And that like, I mean, you talked about the exhilaration, but I just imagined like as I had a moment when I got to the top of Kilimanjaro and you kind of come around this bend and all of a sudden it's like it was clear to me in that moment that I'd made it to the top. Cause I did, I, I've said on a previous podcast, I didn't know we were going to get to the top right. until the moment we were there. Yeah, and yeah. when I was like this, just seriously, euphoria just came over me. And I'm just kind of imagining you on the ground, probably experiencing that same euphoria.
0: I would agree. I, I would assume it's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, Rob, like, you know, in in the hero's journey, like you've got this hero, you're the hero of the story. You kind of like get this call to adventure and you say yes. And you go through this whole experience. And generally, when you've got an encounter like this, there is some form of struggle. There's some form of suffering. Like what was the struggle and the suffering for you in that experience?
0: Ooh, deep question. I love that. So what was the suffering in the experience? Or or the
1: struggle? Like what was the, I mean, there had to have been some resistance at some point in that whole experience. Like what was, what was the hard part? Like what did you have to work through in that whole, in that whole experience?
0: From the time I made the decision to say yes to the time we did it. I I think the biggest struggle or let's call it fear was what if something happens to my son? Yeah. Like obviously what if something happens to me? I mean, my wife, had, we have insurance. right? But, you know, what if something happens to him? She would never forgive me. Yeah. And and if he gets hurt, it's like debilitating injury. He will never forgive me. Yeah. And so that was the biggest struggle that I felt I had to overcome that fear. But then the other side of that, like that's like, what if it goes wrong? And like, what if it all goes right? What if it all goes right? So, how many times in our lives don't we do things in fear of what if something goes wrong? And I know there's a song out there that, 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 you know, what if, what if it all goes right? And I think, you know, it's like the, like the positive and negative dog, which one wins, the one you feed the most. Yep. And so it's like, you know, let's feed the what if it all goes right piece. What if it all goes right piece?
1: Yeah. Yeah what if it all goes right? I love that. And now that you've finished, I mean, the biggest struggle in that, in that journey was overcoming the fear. So I want to ask you like, now that you're able to reflect back on it, how did you overcome that fear?
0: So I, I think the biggest thing is surrendering. Just, I remember sitting in the plane as we we're going up. Cause I just, I just did it, you know, like yeah. uh, eight months ago, nine months ago with my daughter. So I, it's, it's still fresh. I just remember sitting in the plane and, it, it, one of the things was really great. Just I was looking at the my my son's face, and I was looking at my daughter's face, and she's got a, it's a it's a smile, but behind the smile is their own fear. You know they're masking the fear with a smile. And I remember the last one we did, the guy that was uh, my daughter was tandem up with. I, this was really cool, and and, and I, we talked about doing a podcast, and I reached out to him, and never heard back from him. But right before we jumped, I remember him saying, "Guys, let's close your eyes for a minute," and he closed his eyes. And you could see him taking a meditative second to, to say his own prayer. And I thought that was cool for a jumper to do that. I really thought it was cool because it, 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 it's, it's something that touches my heart.
1: Yeah. Well, man, breath helped me get up Kilimanjaro for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, great. No question about it. So, Rob, um, just to take it one, one level deeper, how does one surrender?
0: Look, I struggle just as much as everybody because like three, three years ago, my word of the year was surrender and it's, it's letting go. So when you think you can control everything, it's almost like let go. It's like you, you talk about the book flow, right? Just, just be in flow, let things flow, let things be the way they're supposed to be and don't have resistance to it. So it's like it's like we want this control how everything's supposed to turn out but just be in the moment and i think if you can embrace being in the moment and you let things roll the way they're supposed to roll and be aware of that in the moment it makes it easier to let go but it's just like let, it, letting go takes faith right and it's like okay how do i start to surrender? i can't go from zero to a hundred maybe i go zero to five so let go of a little thing and see how it works out and then let go a little bigger thing and see how it mm-hmm. works out, and it gives you more faith and hope and confidence to let go of the bigger things
1: yeah i love it so much so the second time what was different
0: you know there, there was i think there's more apprehension the second time around
1: really there, there
0: was i remember i do remember and i'm like I defied death once. What am I, I I'm doing it? I'm doing it a second time, right? I'm like, I'm doing this for my daughter. I'm doing it for my daughter. I want to be an example for her. I want her to experience this too. There was definitely a little more apprehension the second time around. wow So there was there was more like like the first time my son I was fired up ready to go on the way up you know in the plane this time around I was like okay what if what if what if there's a little more fear there was yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about all the other, you know, the thirty seconds of free fall and the peace and the awe? Like, was that all pretty similar? Or? Yeah, and then turn around and watch my
0: daughter land, and it was, that
1: was really cool. Same thing, same feeling, same emotion. Yeah, and how did the kids do with uh, with the experience? Oh, they
0: they they totally love it. My daughter's like, I'd do it again. <laughs> She's totally said, I'd do it again. And one thing I want to mention is, so my son, he went, you know, he's like I said, he was he was a little speechless, and it came to fruition about. I don't know, Scott, maybe nine, 10 months later, he was reading the book Training Camp by John Gordon. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a piece when they a piece in the book, if anybody remembers the book, the guy, the, the football player who finally made the team, he he got noticed and he made the team. He went down to the beach, he looked at the ocean and he just ran to the ocean and jumped in and felt as free as a bird, right? My son, he read that piece, he called me up, he goes, Dad, that's what I felt like. That's what I couldn't put in words when we, when we landed. And Scott that led that that led me to to get to read the book a second time. Mm-hmm. And this is this this is so cool, because right now I'm having this moment as I'm talking to you about the surrender piece. Because when he told me that I'm like, I got to go back and read the book again. Mm-hmm. And I started reading it like four or five pages a night. And Scott, one, it was a Saturday morning, my son had just come home from college Friday night. It was a Saturday morning. I was I was getting up and I was going. I went to the bathroom. I come back and I went to go to my office and do some things, do some stuff. And I just felt this pull to pick the book up again. I'm like, no, God, I, I want to get my work done. And I just felt this pull and I felt this pull to pick the book up again. So I picked it up and I started reading where Robbie told me about that part. And I read past it. And it went into this whole piece of surrender, Scott. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of love. It just came mm-hmm. over me and I started bawling and I just started crying. Like, I mean, I'm like the sobbing cry yeah. and I'm like, God, I just want to be able to surrender more. I just want to be able to surrender more. And, it, it, and, and <laughs> I'm crying. I get myself together. I go sit behind my desk and my son comes in and he goes, are you all right? <laughs> and I'm like, come on in, buddy. We got to talk. <laughs> and so he came in and we sat down and talked and, and I started writing like the ending to my book because of this. And he had gone on a retreat when he was 13 and he came back from the retreat and he said, he sat me down one night. He said, dad, I got to talk to, you. he goes, I got to stop living a parent-centered life and start living a principle-centered life. Mm. Like, 13 years old telling me this, right? Your jaw hits the ground. And I'm like, well, what's the fear there? And so in the book, Training Camp, the football player, he was, he had this fear of not making a football team. He had this fear that if he didn't make the football team, his aunt was going to die because he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to fund the surgery she needed. Yeah. He was going to die. And at the end of the day, his biggest fear was not being loved. Mm. So my son, take it back to my son, because he's the one that got me to, to read that piece again. So I said, Robbie, when you said to me, you got to stop living a parent-centered life and start living a principal-centered life, what did you mean by that? And he says, i got to start doing things for me and not to just please your mom. And I took it a step further, and I said, "Robbie, what, what, if you, you if you felt like you weren't pleasing us, what were you afraid of?" Because I was afraid of disappointing you. Mm. I'm like, "Robbie, it's deeper than that. What was it?" He goes, "Why did I didn't want to let you down?" And he, I said, It's "Rob, that's not the answer. It's deeper than that." And I said, Scott, I swear, he sat down. He put he sat down like perpendicular to me. He puts his elbows on his knees. He's looking down. He took like five seconds, and he turns his head and he looks at me, and he goes. Dad, I was afraid of not being loved. And I'm like, wow, we don't do things in our lives because we're afraid of not being loved. Yeah. You know, and, and if and just think, so if we learn to surrender and we let go, we let go all the bull crap, all the stuff that holds us back. And when you surrender, there's freedom in that. And I think you allow yourself to be loved yeah. when you surrender
1: rob um i just in this moment i mean you're you're somebody that i know that has like one of the biggest hearts of of anybody i know and i think it's so much of it is your ability to be able to kind of see this stuff and tap into it and just be so vulnerable and transparent with yourself and with others and it shows i mean you know that hearing these stories you know your kids know they're loved Um, yeah (laughs) <laughs> they, they really do, and and I think what's so cool about this is, you know, this is just one story, this skydiving story. It's just one example of of you going all in, but you know, the motivations behind it um, to kids, yeah. you know and and it's it's this huge heart that you have and that just spills into some of these other big things that you've done you know i wanted to take some time to talk about the book and some of your philanthropy experiences and you know but it but it all feeds into that to that same thing and it's it, it's really amazing and i'm just i'm so honored to be able to call you friend and have these kinds of conversations with you
0: I, I feel the same way, buddy. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So um, let's let's do that. Let's jump into um, just a couple of these other things because um, you you actually just blew my mind with this philanthropy experience that you just had. And I'm just going to summarize real quick, and then you can, you can fill it in. But Rob, you participated in a sort of dancing with the stars type experience um, as, as part of an um, event supporting Alzheimer's. And, um, and you raised a huge amount of money Personally, I think it was sixty thousand plus or sixty-six thousand plus. Sixty-six, yes. Um, individually, I mean, it's just such a massive amount of money, and it's just going to make such a huge difference. And uh, and I'm just curious if, like, you know, because I know it's that same heart that's behind this. Like, what was the calling to do that that adventure? That's an adventure in itself. (laughs)
0: Yes, it was. It was an adventure. So uh, when I uh, published the book back in, uh, it it went live January of two thousand twenty. I put it out there on social media that hey, half the proceeds for the first year from the sale of my book will go to Alzheimer's because my mom has dementia. And I, I I got a call from a friend of mine, and she says, Rob, I saw what you put out there. That's so great. What you're doing? You know, donating half the proceeds to Alzheimer's. I work on the uh, the uh, Alzheimer's committee for Baltimore and I'd love to have you help us out. And I'm like, sure. I'm happy to help you. What do you need me to do? She goes, I need you to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dance. What are you kidding me? I'm not dancing. She goes, yeah, we have this Baltimore memory ball and, and we have this thing. It's a dancing with the stars night. We'll team you up with a professional dancer and you'll compete against other, other dancers and you raise money. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's dancing. right? <laughs> And, uh, and I thought about it. I'm like, this is, this is not about me. It's bigger than me. And it's about my mom and bigger than that. It's for all these people who suffer this debilitating disease. And what can I do to help? So that, that was like, Rob, you got to surrender. You got to let go of all that ego stuff and pride
1: and insecurity. And, and you got to do this. So let me, let me ask you, I mean, the experience jumping out of the airplane, like this is overcoming fears. And yeah. I see somebody who like went and did that thing that took a total of less than 10 minutes, you know, face the fear. I don't know that you've beat fear, but you learned how to face it. Like how has the skydiving experience played into some of these other things like this whole experience of going and taking dancing lessons for an entire year to be able to do this dancing with the stars experience? I, I think it's about managing fear. Yeah. Cause your fear is always going to be there. It's so like, how do you manage it? Yeah. And
0: like I told you talked about earlier that whole pioneer thing it's like the adventure thing. It's like when's the last time you did something for the first time mm-hmm. right And it's I want I've never done anything like this and I'm like, I was scared to death, but it's like okay, I've been through this phase fa- these phases of fear before. you know at the end it's gonna be okay. you know you're in an audience of 700 people and nine eight other couples dancing. Yes, it's a competition, but let me tell you, nobody's rooting for anybody to fail. Everybody's rooting for everybody. There's love. There's just love. It's just an energy of love in the audience. And everybody's rooting you on because you're the one that's in the arena. You're the one that stepped up to 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 for the cause to raise the money and to dance. Because all the just about all the contestants, the amateurs, let's say, were not they were not professional dancers. They some of them had some experience in dancing and ballroom dancing, but it's like it's like public speaking, you know, like you, it's like, you're like this anxiety, it it builds up and it builds up. But once the, once the, like the gun goes off, it's game time. Yeah. And then you like, you let go of all that stuff. You just let go and and you're just in flow. You're in flow with the way the event's supposed to go.
1: Yeah. And so I think what's so cool about it is like, you talked about this, this pioneer aspect of you. I mean, you're, you're just doing things that you really enjoy. It's not like you set out to, to go dance. It's not like you had a calling to dance, but you were asked and you saw it as an opportunity to manage another, yet another fear, right? Learn a new skill, do something you've never done before. And, you know, in the meantime, raise a huge massive amount of money. Rob, did you ever think that you'd be able to raise that kind of money for an event like this?
0: Scott, no. The the short answer is no. Um, When they first set out to do this, they your goal was 25,000. I'm like, I'm not going to raise 25000 How the hell am I going to raise $25,000? Yeah. And Scott, it took on a life of its own. Uh, like we were, I didn't, because the commitment was two and a half years ago. And then we, I started talking about it and COVID came in and it canceled yep. for two years. So then in October, you know, I got the call, okay, let's start practicing again. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to hit it hard yet because it's still seven months away. And in hindsight, I wish I had one more month. I really do. I think I could have got a hundred thousand, but, uh, <laughs> but that competitive nature of me, it became like, okay, this is, it's easy for me. It's hard for me to ask for money for me, but it's easy for me to ask for money for somebody else yeah. and, or for another cause. So it, it, Scott, it became, it almost became like a competitive thing for me. You know, how, how many people can I get to say yes? And it, it created like the momentum. It created a life of its own. And it was funny if, if somebody said yeah i'll i'll give i'll give money i would see the donations come in if somebody donated one i saw it so if you said to me i was going to donate and 3 days later you didn't donate I'm like, hey Scott, if you have any trouble filling that thing out online, let me know. Just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, right? Yeah. And then I two days, know. Later, yeah, two days later, if you still haven't done it yet, hey Scott, man, I still need you to show me some love. Are you going to show me some love? Yeah. And so I just had my way of, I guess, call it, calling, imploring or applying my Catholic guilt on people.
1: <laughs> That's your sales, your sales skills. I mean, you know, years and years and years of selling real estate. You, you just apply that to uh, to following up, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: And but the thing is, the bigger thing here was that there's so many people that have this connection with Alzheimer's, whether it's an immediate family member, a friend yeah. or, or, or extended family member, it's so big. It's yeah. so big that everybody is touched by it in some way, shape or form. So it's something
1: that people really felt the need to contribute to. Yeah, and you have a connection to it.
0: My mom, my mom.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I appreciate you sharing. I just want to leave a little bit of time so we can talk about the book because that's one more area of your life where it was something that you'd never done before and it was something that you wanted to take on. And uh, can you just give us a real quick overview of Better Than You Think? Yes. Yeah, so
0: uh, reading and studying personal growth and development since 1990, it was early 2000, like, you know, I could write my own book. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, all these books over time are regurgitated information, and most of it comes from the Bible, if you, if you look back. And even before that, I would say even before that, because there's a lot of Greek philosophers that come up with some of this stuff, too. So I just I just had this 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 thing inside of me and said, Rob, you have to share. You have to share. You have to share. And I never felt good enough, smart enough or anybody was going to read what I had to say. And then I, when I thought back about it, I just thought about the the experiences that I've had in my life, and not just the experiences, what I learned from them. And okay, if I share those experiences with you, the reader, you might not have had the same experience per se, but you might have had a similar experience with a similar lesson that you could learn that you didn't know until you saw the story that I just shared with you. And to take a step back, when it's all said and done. Look at your life, look at your experiences, and instead of looking at some of the negative stuff, look at even the experience that you had struggled with. In the end, it, it turned out to make your life better than you thought it was, if you take the time to notice that.
1: There you go. Better than you thought it was. Because I did want to ask you if you could just delve real quick into the title.
0: Yeah, Scott, I struggled as we were coming closer to the publishing date. The publisher or editor, she's like, Rob, I need a title. I need a title. I need a title. Scott, I, I, it's, it's my book. It's my title, right? I swear I sent, her, I sent her a list. I have 42 different title suggestions, right? She's like, nah, nah, maybe this, maybe that. And she's like, all this stuff, right? And I'm like, come on, man. I want a title that's going to maybe strike a chord here. And Scott, the whole time I wrote that book, I was guided by the Holy Spirit because I would get up every morning and I would close my eyes and I would just say, right, Lord, what, what do you need me to write about today? What do you need me to share today? What do you need me to share? And so I was struggling with this title. And I remember I'm like, you know what? I'm going back to what got me here. So I went into my home office. I had this big whiteboard with all the the, um, the chapter titles and all these stories of experiences that I had. And I looked at the board and I'm like, come on, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Talk to me. I need you to talk to me right now, please. And I looked at the board and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there it is. My life is better than I thought it was. And, and I'm like, when the Holy when the Holy Spirit's talking to you and you know it, you can't deny it. You cannot deny it. And you just got this feeling. I'm like, this is it. This is it.
1: You're talking to me. This is it. That's
0: it. Gain time.
1: Well, Rob, it's a great, it really is a great, great book. And I highly recommend people jump on Amazon and grab a copy of it. Um, you, I just admire you so much for your passion and, and truly your courage, the way you go all in. And it's just, you inspire me every day to be better. Rob, you talked about your competitive nature. And I want to ask um, a little bit about the competitive nature, but also framed in such a way that you know. I think one of the questions I like to ask people at the end of, of each episode is around um, advice that you might have for others that are feeling sort of this call to adventure, whether it's jumping out of an airplane or writing a book or you know going all in with a, a, a charity that you're passionate about. Um, what advice do you have for people? And do you have to have that competitive nature, or you know? What, What's what are your thoughts?
0: So the
1: competitive
0: nature, first of all, is not me competing against you. It's not me competing in a sense that like like I wanted to win that dance. I did, yeah. but the, the 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 side I'm talking about is comparing what I'm capable of doing to what I'm doing. So in other words, if if I'm capable of doing all this and I'm not doing it, I, I'm competing with myself to get there. Get there get there. So I'm competing to be the best person that I could be. Yeah. I'm competing to like fulfill all this potential. that I think that I have inside of me, you have your potential. Susie has her potential. Karen has hers. The, the encouragement is like, don't go to your deathbed on, on, on full with any gas in a tank, go to your deathbed on E go on E. And if you go on E like you, it's about experiences. It's about, you know, being who you're supposed to be whether it's just being an example experiencing life being all and that that's i think that's what pushes me to to do things like there's just so much out there that we can all do we all have a book inside of us we all have our stories and as, as minuscule as some of us might think our story is or the minuscule impact it might have on people so what it's going to impact somebody. And I remember when I was writing a book, the encouragement I kept getting from a couple people and, you know, from the prayer was this is you're writing for an audience of one to share with others. So when I say that, it's like live your life for an audience of one and
1: then share it with others. Do you have to remind yourself daily, Rob, you are better than you think? From the, from the book piece? Yeah, you. I mean, is that an affirmation?
0: now it is but i didn't know that until that yeah. morning when the title yeah. came to be i did not yeah. know that scott
1: yeah because rob you are so much better than you think and i just you know i can hear yourself like it's it's such a great message to the listeners and but i but i knowing you like you know it. this is something that's just a kind of a human experience like I, it's just such a great affirmation better than you think i love it and but i thank you, th- scott, thank you all, for putting it out there
0: my, my pleasure and i'm sorry i cut you off there but we're all better than we think we all are
1: all right, so here we go, Rob. I've got two questions I ask everybody at the end of every episode because you've got a you 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 are going to go with your tank completely empty, like, and that's <laughs> going to be a long time from now. But they're going to make a movie about your life, and yeah. I want to know when they do. Who is going to be the Hollywood actor that's going to play you? I, I've always
0: thought of Sylvester Stallone. Oh yeah, nice.
1: yeah, yeah. oh yeah, nice. Oh man, that's awesome. Okay, and uh, what's your movie going to be called?
0: Dude, I, that is such that was such a hard question. I've been, I, ever since I read it, I'm like what what, what would my movie be called? And god, I, I mean, I think about, you know, dying on E. Um, that's one thought I have, you know, ch- a chiseled thing comes to mind, you know, just yeah. I I love the thought chisel because I keep thinking, Scott, I keep thinking of like me standing here talking to you and there's a big curtain behind me and I'm standing up on a stage and I'm talking to people and it says chiseled and there's just this this hammer chiseling us away. And
1: and so maybe the movie's Chiseled. Maybe that's the next book. There it is. I love it. Well, Better Than You Think, you can get on Amazon. Your podcast, Chiseled, which is amazing, is also available anywhere that that podcasts are available. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining me today, Rob. And for those listening, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Rob's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. So if you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire on your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Rob, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.